my name is Zach Wright, and I'm hosted by John Mary Wilson. And today, the name of the game is We Have a Champion. We, we will recap the NBA Finals, talk about how the season went overall, and some surprises and disappointments from that. And then recap, just recap the season in general and some of the playoffs, playoff stuff too from the previous rounds. And we'll have a buy or sell off-season edition where we'll talk about some things we may expect to see or not see in the off-season coming up. And apologies for the late finals recap. I was out in Honduras getting eaten by mosquitoes, but we're back. So, Javier, how you been in all this time? Been a while since I talked to you. Oh, I've been good, man. You know, I'm I'm uh, getting ready to move. Getting ready to move up out of Philly, hitting the Wilkes Bear. So that's going to be cool. Uh, I'm excited about the opportunity to be a graduate residence director. I've been talking so much about it. I'm also excited to take classes at Bloomsburg. Uh, your boy finally got his driver's license, so that's great. <laughs> You're gonna be seeing me whipping on the road a little bit. Would you say? It's time to stay off the road. <laughs> no, I'm a good driver. Uh, and then also uh, just just getting a chance to see my girlfriend and stuff like that. That was pretty cool. So. Yeah, I'm 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 doing well overall. I would say. How are you, Zach? How you doing? Uh, before I start, I just want to say shout out to Kiana for making some limited edition game time gear. When we're big and famous, we can sell those shirts like a thousand dollars because they're the OG gear. So you know that was tough. Can't wait to get mine from PA. Didn't want to send to Baltimore because uh, you know <laughs> didn't want my mail to be <laughs> taken off my doorstep. So yes, send it to PA. And we'll get that soon. But I've been good, you know. I was on vacation from work. Worked for the first time in like two weeks today. God awful. Hate working. <laughs> Can't lie. It's just not fun all the time. But yeah, I'm just kind of getting myself together. Looked at some apartments today. You know, my lease coming up. It's time to make some moves. Then we'll be starting school August 31st. Woo-woo. So, and my job So, you know, just got a lot of Got to get things in order because there's no, I don't have much transition time. So I'm just trying to lock in at this point. But yeah, that's how my life's going. But with that being said, as you know, the Milwaukee Bucks did end up winning the NBA Finals in game six with a historic game from Giannis. One of the better Finals games I've ever seen in my lifetime. I mean, or I should say, for like from individual performance from one player, mm. being Giannis. <laughs> Yeah, so Jameer, what are some of your, your highlights and things that you enjoyed from the finals this year? Well, first of all, congratulations to Halfback Dive. Woo! <laughs> we call it Halfback Dive, Mr. No Bag. <laughs> yeah. PJ like, uh, the, the, his ring is his bag, something like that. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's crazy. I mean... I don't have much to say. I can't really say much negative about him right now. Like, obviously, he's still not the greatest shooter on the planet, but you know, he hit the he bit he hit some big time free throws. Uh, that was crucial to him scoring as well as he did. He had DeAndre Ayton and Dre Crowder looking like uh, deers in headlights. No pun intended. Chris Middleton. And Drew Holiday, although not playing well consistently throughout the entire series, as they've been in the entire playoffs, pretty much they've been kind of on and off. But uh, again, 
they stepped up in crucial moments and uh, they they hit key shots when they needed to. And Drew Holiday defensively was fantastic throughout the entire playoffs. And again, in this in this final series, he stepped up in an amazing way on the defensive end. And when you look at a game, like for example, like I, I talk I talk all the time about versatility when it comes to players. And when we talk about versatility, do you have a complete bag? And what I mean, what I always mean by that is like, if you can't score 30 points in one game, can you still make an impact enough on the game to keep it close so that other players can step up and maybe hit the shot that you can't that game? Or can you make a key defensive play late to win a game without scoring? You know, and are you setting other people up? Are you hustling and making the little things happen to impact the game in a significant way? And Drew Holiday, he struggled. He struggled in game six. But uh, aside from the great performance that you have from Bobby Portis, who, you know, shout out to him. He was he was a, a key impact player throughout this series. Brooke Lopez was solid throughout the series. Chris Middleton, as I said, wasn't super consistent, but when uh, they needed him, he hit big shots. But I think the most impressive performance for me, other than Giannis Antetokounmpo in game six, because again, as you said, that was definitely one of the most impressive performances I've ever seen in my entire life, not just in a finals game, but just in my entire life because of the clear dominance and just, you know, in a, in a high leverage situation and several high leverage situations in one game, uh, one man decided the fate of the entire game and this, and closed the series out in a decisive fashion. And he made it clear that, you know, no matter what you do, there was nothing you could do about it about what he's going to do. He's coming. He's coming in different ways, but he's, he's, he's coming. And when he, when he gets to where he wants to be, it's, it's two, it's two points, if not an and one, but other than his performance, I think drew holidays was impressive because he stuck with it. And, you know, it kind of also reminds me of like uh, this year with like Trey young, when they were playing the Sixers, uh, he, he missed a billion shots but he stuck with it. And so I, I, I take that performance and I would show that to like younger kids that are coming up today in today's game, like, and just as, as a reminder that you can be a great player and you can have a great impact on the game without scoring the 50 that Giannis did. Also, there's a lot, there's just, there's so much to unpack in this series. It just seemed as if something was off of Chris Paul. Uh, Chris Paul, he just wasn't there when they needed him. Uh, and then at times, it would be Devin Booker wasn't there. And then Aiton completely disappeared. He looked like a child in the front court. So uh, Phoenix wasn't ready. Props to Drew Holiday and uh, Chris Middleton for, as I said earlier, performing well and doing what they needed to do. And Giannis, 
uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I I didn't know if he was going to be able to finish the season. Uh, and then he comes back game one looking normal. So I say major props to him. He showed more heart than I, most guys I've seen en route to a championship. And this also, to me, I hope kind of uh, begins to set a set set back a trend that started around 10 years ago at this point with quote unquote super teams, uh, because as he said, he could have gone somewhere else and he could have won a championship somewhere else. He could have forged some uh, some super dynamo team and won it all. But would it mean as much? So, yeah, it, it's a lot of little things to unpack, but I, those are just some of the things that stood out to me. I, I hope that it, um, like, I guess as my closing point, I hope that this finals, this finals that I picked Phoenix winning in six and, and Milwaukee ulti- ultimately winning as the team that kind of stuck together from the beginning and just added a piece or two in a small town and winning a championship. I hope that they stick together and I hope that it's, it starts a trend with like smaller town teams winning championships again. So what, what are some highlights for you, Zach? Yeah. You covered a lot of the things that I was thinking about as well. I just want to say like Chris Paul, or excuse me, with the way, the way in which the Bucks won this, the game, like that, that it was just in game six. It was just amazing. Cause like their formula finally, played out the way they envisioned it with Giannis being just an absolute monster for 46 minutes. And then the last two minutes, Chris Middleton comes in and just hits the shot you need, which is what played out in game six. Giannis had like, as we mentioned, like four times already, one of the best performances we've ever seen. And then late game situation about like, I think it's like a little over a minute left or a little under a minute. Chris Middleton has came with a tough mid range jumper that just sealed the game. Like once once Milton hit that that mid-range uh, jumper in the fourth quarter, we knew it was over. That's what they that's the formula they've been trying to run for years. And it just didn't work out the way they wanted it to. But finally it played out exactly how you know the Bucks envisioned it. And you mentioned uh, Drew Holiday and his offensive struggles. And yeah, they're very apparent. I think he probably had one good game on offense, which is game five. I think he had like 27 to 13, 27 points, 13 assists. But if you look at the plus minus, like Drew Holiday was the most, he had the best plus minus in the whole team throughout the, that series. So that just goes to show, like you said, just it doesn't matter how many shots you miss sometimes, as long as you're out there making, you know, making life difficult on your team, help boosting your teammates. Because he did average 9.3 assists. He was out there. It's not like he wasn't scoring, but he was setting his teammates up. And like you mentioned, Chris Paul struggling after game one and two, like honestly, I don't think Chris Paul was off or anything. I think Drew Holiday was just in his ass. Like, let's keep it a buck. Drew Holiday had him on straps, full court press for a lot of the game, especially in game five and game six, just on Chris Paul, not giving, not giving him room to breathe. Chris Paul averaged like three and a half turnovers, which is probably like the most he's probably ever had in the series. I don't remember the last time Chris Paul had more than more than two turnovers in the game, or two turnovers, two turnovers per game, excuse me. So, yeah, the Bucks just – Absolutely, not the Bucks. Giannis absolutely dominated that game. Like, you, just watching the game, you just tell he's wanted it more than everybody, bro. Like, I mean, even on his team, like his teammates wanted it too, but Giannis, they just knew Giannis was going to take him to the promised land. Like, even the way in which 
the whole story, Giannis takes 15 seconds to his free throws. Like, that was a whole big thing throughout the entire playoffs. And then he slays that giant or that, you know, puts that issue to bed in the last game. It's just it's a, an unreal number of free throws for him. What was it 17 for 19? I think it was. Yes, it was. That's just like no one could have ever predicted that, that he'd come out and do that and literally silence the people counting down his number, you know, counting down how long she shoots free throws for. Like, I can't imagine that's going to carry over again after, after uh, that last performance. Giannis said, you know, one of the snaps in the amazing series, 35 points, 13 rebounds, five assists, 1.8 blocks, 1.2 steals. So he was doing everything the entire way. Again, on the Chris Middleton train, no one can ever say Chris Middleton is not built for this. And I'm, I'm, I love that that's true. At all the years I've been defending Chris Middleton's playoff struggles, he's finally come through. He had a great series. So he had a 24 game. Like, he didn't slouch. He had some inconsistent games, but when all this whole averaged out, he did, what, he did what you want him to do and more so because he got the ring. So, you know, good job for him. I just love that this team, like, with Giannis Middleton being – the end of the like the 12th and 13th men on their team like years ago just building their way up to this point just getting better and better every year finally being champions like that's like you're saying just that organic team building they really did it in a way that we haven't seen in a long time like the Warriors the Warriors did that I'd say the Warriors did that in 2015 like you know they built their team getting like making good draft picks and all that but after that things just you know they got Durant and all that jazz but yeah, so it's just nice to see that again, especially with two teams being kind of built organically. And Chris Paul, before the year, a lot of people thought that, or a few years ago, people were trying to like get him out, saying that he's done, that he's washed up, and that he came in and you know supercharged this Phoenix team. Yeah, the Suns are definitely here to stay for the next few years. Like this isn't going to be the last time they're going to make noise. Whether they make the finals again or not, it's a different story. You can say the same for the Bucks, because like the Nets will be back. The Sixers are kind of a question mark at this point, but guarantee we all know the Nets probably should have beat them had they been healthy. And then with the the Suns in the West, like Denver, you got Denver, you got Utah, you got the Lakers, you got the Clippers. Like, and then with the Suns on the on the flip side, they might not make the finals had Kawhi been healthy. The Clippers did take them to six with Paul George and the boys, so you know it was just. These, neither of these teams may never get to this point, ever, you know, in the light in the careers of the their main players, but both these teams were built more organic fashion. They didn't they didn't just have people going under the table making side deals and all that stuff, make, make, you know, having friendships the Olympics, and then suddenly they're all teammates two years later. Like that didn't happen. These teams were just built organically. I want to shout out Devin Booker for definitely stepping up and doing his thing in game four and five. It's a shame that he lost those games. He was going bananas. I think it was game five where him and Middleton were going shot for shot in the clutch. That was so fun to watch. They're both in ridiculous shots. But ultimately, the Bucks won game five and went on to win game six. I'm saddened for Chris Paul because this seems like this is the last. This was his only chance to get a ring, and it's probably going to be the last. He had a good series overall, but again, I think Drew Holiday kind of just not just Drew Holiday alone, it's a team effort. The Bucks are just a huge team, and Chris Paul is a small guy. And once they figured out how to 
properly have Brooke Lopez involved in the, in the pick and rolls and playing Brooke, Brooke Lopez less, having more Connaughton in there. Like, you know, shout out to Connaughton too. He, he was had a bunch of missed threes, must bunch of missed big time threes in the previous series, but in this series he seemingly could not miss. Shout out to him real quick. But yeah, once the Bucks figured out their rotation, how they want to handle things, you know, it's, it was over for them. It's over for the Suns. And like you said, Giannis, half bag dive, half bag dive, no bag. I will say this about him. Although his his uh, skill set outside of his height is limited, Giannis plays hard every game. That's one thing you can say about him more than a lot of more than a lot of other players. Like when he's out there, he's giving it all he has. Even if all he has is just not enough, he's you can't you can't see he didn't try to win. And that Giannis is, although like you said, he's not limited outside his height. He is the best finisher in the entire league in terms of like the moves, he, the finesse he has around the basket, the ability to just, you know, swing his long ass arms around and just get around eight in easily. I would you say know? he's definitely the strongest finisher. I don't know if he's the best finisher. I know he's the strongest for sure. More like skillful, like acrobatic finishes. It's probably Kyrie. Yeah, that's what I'm, yeah, I'm thinking. That's where I was going. In terms of like putting the ball in the basket, like the yeah. ball. Giannis is the best at that in the paint. Okay. Like, that makes you know, he's been one of the five best uh, in the paint field percentage players for the last like four or five years. Mm-hmm. I don't have the exact number, but I know I know he's number one a couple of times. He's if he wasn't, he was like top five. So I will say that about him. Gives it all he got, and no one finishes around the basket more efficiently than he does, especially with you know such volume. Like he's, he get, takes a lot of shots. Obviously, two time MVP. Uh, files on MVP now. Like the man is, has a lot of responsibility. But yeah, that was just I enjoyed that final series. I liked every game. Every game was fun to me. Even the game where the Suns got blown out, it was still fun to a degree. Up until like I realized it was over. And they you know pulled yeah. out the, the the garbage time minutes for the bench unit. We saw I forget Abdel Nader in there and shit. Like it's like all right. Once I seen him go like I, I turned my TV off. But yeah, that's a great final series. I enjoyed that. I hope to see the Suns back at some point in Chris Paul's era. But like I said, I think he missed his opportunity. We all know he, he's about that. And he he did he took a team that no one expected to get this far to this point. That's one of my favorite things about this finals this year. Like no one predict I mean some people predict the Bucks to make it, understandably so, but no one expected to see the Suns get this far. Any other last thoughts in the finals? I enjoyed this finals because, as you said, no one expected them to be here, but also because it was just good basketball being played. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and KD versus some some scrub team, or uh, mm. it wasn't one guy uh, playing against another great player. Or something like that. Like it was, there were multiple names in this series. Like there were other guys like Jay Crowder, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, uh, Mikael Bridges. You had a lot of guys in this series that are good, ba- like legitimately good basketball players on the floor yeah. on both sides. And it was, it was, it was like one man stood above the rest, but Overall, the teams were well matched. 
Like it was actually a really good matchup. Like uh, I, I wouldn't like the Miami series, like the Miami and LA series. Uh, everybody kind of figured Miami would lose, where this series was really a toss up in a lot of people's eyes. This came down to that one man who stood above the rest. Giannis, it came down to Giannis being the best player on the court. Mm-hmm. That's all it came down to. Because once Giannis stopped playing games, it was it was over for the Suns. Yeah, Giannis, Giannis just went right at Aiden. I think and you mentioned Aiden looking uh, like looking like a little boy out there. I think I think he was just getting worn out guarding Giannis because Giannis is running all over the place, crashing into him, like taking those bumps gets you tired. Yeah, but Aiden, I'm excited to see what he has in the future because now he he's gonna be hungry now. He knows he can get this far. He knows how good he can look, how good he can be, mm-hmm. and he has. Good tools. That mid-range jumper was definitely hitting. He has a good, a good shot. Bringing great out. He had the one. That was one of the best pick and rolls I've ever seen. That Chris Paul eight in pick and roll. That's some, some of the best pick and roll basketball I've seen. Obviously, the, the Warriors, Draymond Green, Steph Curry pick and rolls. Like, you know, nothing, nothing beats that in my mind. Like, just you know, we talked before. Draymond's the roll man, catches the ball and throws up value to, you know, the, the center cutting from the, the dunker spot. Or KD when KD was there, which is just unfair. <laughs> but that was cheating. Yeah. <laughs> also, um, a couple additional things. I believe that Chris Paul is done. Like I think his last opportunity. This was his last opportunity in Phoenix. If he goes somewhere, like the Lakers maybe or some other place that's like right there. I think that Chris Paul can still do it. Yeah. There's still room, but just, yeah, you're right. There's still a chance he goes to a team like that. I just don't know how likely that is just because like no one has cap room. Yeah. <laughs> like the Knicks have cap room, but Chris Paul's the Knicks isn't going to get Chris Paul a rank. Yeah, so that's like that's that, that, that's maybe a second round appearance. <laughs> yeah, honestly, depending on who they run into, that was a great final series. I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. A lot of people I know enjoyed it. I'm definitely glad we got to see that. But that did wrap up the NBA season overall. So with that being said, we're just a surprise and disappointment from the season. You could be the playoffs or. 72 game season, whatever, whatever you want to go for. Okay. Uh, my surprise was how well, I don't know how, how well things went down the stretch in terms of fans getting involved again and not having like crazy COVID spikes like we did early in the season where there was so much going on with COVID because COVID, because again, this, we cannot forget that this season was heavily hit by COVID um, and heavily impacted by the effects of COVID-19. It it altered the season and altered everything about it in so many different ways. It hit teams like the Grizzlies, the Heat, uh, the Celtics. It, it impacted teams very much so to ultimately have – a successful playoff, I would say, and a successful season 
the way they did, especially when fans started to get back involved, I, I think I think is a good thing, even though there were some things that transpired throughout the season. And my biggest disappointment is the playoff injuries. I just and, and, and play and injuries even before the playoffs. Like again, uh, we've had conversations back and forth about how it impacted the season and how injuries usually impact the season and things of that nature. But like I was expecting so much from certain teams. And then Joel Embiid gets hurt. Anthony Davis gets hurt. LeBron gets hurt. Kawhi gets hurt. Mike Conley gets hurt. It's just a long, long list of injuries that I think significantly altered certain th- results. And yeah, I I would have liked to I would have liked to have seen certain certain things like maybe Brooklyn at full strength versus other teams at full strength. Or not even not even necessarily Brooklyn, maybe even the Miami team at full strength. The Nuggets at full strength against this Phoenix Suns team would have been extremely interesting because the way they played without Jamal Murray, I can only imagine what they would have been able to do with Jamal Murray. So yeah, just the the late, the late just I guess like slam of just injuries and the late injury wave, I think was my biggest disappointment because it took away some key matchups that I was really hoping to see. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's it for me, Zach. What do you what do you what were uh, your takeaways and your um your disappointment and surprise of the season? This season, there's a lot going on this season. I think a part of that was just the schedule being so condensed and all that. It's just hard to keep up with some of the things going on. But one of my favorite surprises was I was going with how fun the Hornets were to watch. Like, you know, not everyone gets to watch the Hornets play because they're, they just don't get much national TV games. But we always seen the highlights of like, you know, long, like LaMelo Ball was just so entertaining to watch. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Charlotte uh, grow as a team. They have a lot of young players, LaMelo, Rozier, who uh, I miss dearly <laughs> on the Celtics. We could have definitely used him. And then Gordon Hayward was actually, he wasn't, I, I, he cannot live up to that contract he got, but he was good. I'll say he was good. Miles Bridges just becoming a nightly, nightly highlight reel. Like every time the Horn is played, they're guaranteed to see a, and the Miles Bridges highlight and the whole uh, um diddly D. <laughs> that, that was funny. Then this, oh, that foolishness. Yeah, the Hornets, their team, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them because they're definitely going to, they, they they now have a franchise player in the middle of all. So it'll be interesting to see how they, how they develop. Their center rotation is uh, some of the, 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 one of the poorest center rotations I've ever seen. But I think they're, you know, they're definitely going to change that because they're too, main centers are now free agents. So I think the Hornets have a lot of room to grow. And I just enjoyed watching them. They were definitely fun to watch. And disappointments, non-Celtic related, because I've talked about like 30 times. So I'm going to transition elsewhere. I just have to say the same thing as you, just the injuries in general. I know I was on the side of saying that I don't know about the schedule being the reason for injuries, but Nonetheless, there were a lot of injuries, and some of it was with COVID. A lot of it was COVID-related. 
like, like you mentioned, Boston, Washington's another team too was hit bad by COVID. Like this, so many players were out, so many teams were struggling. Like Miami being poor this year or barely barely missing the play-in was because at the beginning of the year they were completely hurt. Uh, Toronto was also a weird team. They weren't even like much injuries. They were just weird. I think it's like being in Tampa, they just lost the juice. <laughs> like I don't know, they just weren't they weren't in Toronto, so they were just they were just terrible. Uh, you know, like the Lakers with their injuries, they went out in the first round to the team that made the finals. And granted, the Suns, as you mentioned, I did pick the Lakers to beat them, but we both talked about the Suns being good enough to beat them potentially, healthy or not. Uh, you know, Mike Conley getting hurt in the playoffs, like you said, Kawhi. I just, I don't know. I know you mentioned the, the injuries as well, but I just thought that was my disappointment too. Just so many potential players and potential matchups just being taken from us because of, you know, the, the wear and tear of the NBA season. Well, let's hope, and this off season is also going to be a little shorter than usual too. So it's definitely going to have some repercussions leading into next year or next season. Well, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we talk about surprises and disappointments from the season, the playoffs. So I think now the season's over, we're heading into the off season. So why don't we do another game by ourselves, two in a row? But you know, who cares? <laughs> do what we want by ourselves two times in a row. But this is gonna be an off-season edition. So uh we'll just go back and forth with questions. Why don't you start us off with the first one? All right. My first question to you. We've heard some Okay, we've heard some rumblings. I've heard some rumblings. I'm sure you've probably seen uh, some reports and some things. Bradley Beal is one of the biggest fish in possibly in a pot in the possible trade pool. Do you see him moving from Washington this offseason? I'm going to sell. Because Washington, if they were to get rid of Bradley Beal, they'd want someone you know, good. And the point of making trades is to make your team better. And you don't necessarily want to trade your all-stars because they're the ones who get you, you know, to the finals, to the playoffs. And I can imagine the Wizards would want to get an all-star in return. So the only way I see Bradley Beal moving is if they trade Bradley Beal for one of the other available players, like a Ben Simmons or... Lillard, which I don't even think Lillard's going to go anywhere either. I don't know if that's supposed to buy or sell for you. <laughs> but I don't see Lillard being moved. I just honestly think the Wizards are going to keep Bradley Beal. And these are old rumors. Like, Bradley Beal himself has refuted, has, like, a, said, no, I'm not – I don't want to trade a trade. Like, this season he said that before. Like, so I just – you know, I know uh, Shams said said the, that Bradley Beal was interested in a trade. And Shams, Shams knows all. Him and Wash just know everything. But I don't know. I don't see it happening because the Wizards are going to want someone of high quality in return. And Bradley Beal's contract is going to be up in the season after the next. Like once next season ends, I think he'll be free agent again. And a team trading for him knows when his contract ends. And they know the potential is a one-year rental. And that's going to stop them from wanting to trade their all-star, who they probably have on, on contract for two, three, four years. With all that combined, I just think the Wizards aren't going to get what they want. Understandably so. Bradley Beal was 
second in scoring this year, and he was first in scoring last year, if I remember correctly. But, yeah, I see him staying in Washington with Westbrook, and I think the Wizards are going to try and retool. They have some solid pieces. They know what Beal and Westbrook can do on a good day, so I think they're going to go for it again and see if they can build a decent team around them. I'm, at the end of the day, I think Bradley will stay in there. That's interesting. That's an interesting thought. So what's your first, what's your first uh, what's your first buy sell for me, good sir? Before I start, I want to know: Do you think Bradley Beal's going to stay? That's a great question, uh, even for myself as the one who asked it. <laughs> so I could kind of I, I kind of buy it and I kind of sell it. It kind of ultimately just depends on where Washington is at. Me personally, I think it's time for them to rebuild. I oh, think, yeah. I, I think you trade Russell and Bradley right now at this very moment to get the most possible because uh, if you if you could because there there is a there is a possible move and a possible landing spot in Golden State uh, because I think and and in this way. I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to sell on it just because I think the Washington Wizards are inept. And I think that they're, they are too foolish to understand, either too foolish to understand that they aren't going to go anywhere with the team they have. And also foolish enough or, or scared that they're going to disappoint their fans or anything or something like that. But at this point, it's kind of too late. Bradley Bill could move to Golden State with that fourth. I believe they have the 14th and seventh overall pick. And they have some young pieces at their disposal that can be moved like a, a Pascal and Wiggins and, and, and guys like that. Uh, so I think that might be a destination. And then for Russell Westbrook, I'm, I'm sure there are teams out there that could use Russell Westbrook services. Um, I'm more certain there is. Uh, so, again, it just comes down to what will Washington do. But I think Washington will get in their own way, so I'm going to sell. Yeah, that's exactly why I sold. Because, like, I mentioned their potential asking price. It's like they should just – they should have chalked it, like, two years ago to keep it a buck. But here we are. They made their home run swim for Westbrook. Still sucked. No, they were hit by COVID, but they're probably still going to lose the first round no matter who they played. And they're going to like, oh, let's run it back. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But, yeah, on to my first buy or sell. Another player on the market who I mentioned briefly, who you're very invested in. I think you know where I'm heading with this. Where do you think – do you think Ben Simmons will be a 76er when the 2021-2022 season starts? Ah, uh, that's a tough. This is also a tough question. Um, oh. by yourself, will he be on the 76ers when the 2021-2022 season starts? Tough, see, tough question, tough question. I am going to buy it. I believe that he will be a 76er because uh, here's why. I think 
the trades that people are offering are just so ridiculously bad for the Sixers that uh, Daryl Morey and whoever else is in our front office, Elton Brand, whoever else, uh, they would have to be absolute, absolutely foolish to take these offers because, like, I'm seeing reports like, I don't know, like, Minnesota want, wants to look at a deal, a possible deal, but Cat and D'Angelo Russell are off the table and, you know, C.J. McCollum and it just, just, just awful deals, awful trades. Uh, ben Simmons is a young, very talented player that lacks aggression. But even with his lack of aggression, is still probably like a, a top 30 player. Where with a jump shot, he's automatically a top 20 player. And with aggression and a jump shot, he could be working his way closer to top 10. Uh, because he's one of the best defenders in the game. He's one of the best playmakers in the game. Uh, he's healthy for the most part, usually. Uh, so I think that they're going to ultimately keep Ben Simmons, but uh, I really hope and pray that they're not stupid enough to trade him for nothing. Because also his value is probably at an all time low as well. So people are, are this is why we're getting these horrible trade trade offers. Uh, so, yeah. That's that's my thought on. It. I, I, I think he I think he will start off next season at least start next season as a Sixer. Uh, what, what 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 do you think about that personally? I agree that he will start the season as a Sixer, and whether it'll be interesting to see how things play out though, because MB was like, "Bro, what the fuck?" And Doc Rivers was like, "Come on, son!" <laughs> like they were just his his coach and. The franchise player are very flabbergasted by it's his seeming his, his fear to shoot the ball as a professional basketball player, and that will definitely influence the way they see him going forward. No matter they can try and put it in the past and let bygones be bygones, but like they're gonna no one's ever going to forget this moment or that that moment that happened like. We look back in Sixers history and like, like, wow, this was one year they should have won. That will end up. People talk about Ben Simmons being uh, scared to shoot. So you know, that will affect their relationship going forward. Because like, that's just you know, they're we're all people. They're people. That's that's just gonna happen. Someone did some goofy shit in the past. Like, eh, I don't know if I can trust this guy as much. You know what I mean? He's just Ben Simmons. No matter what he does, unless he just has a dramatic U-turn, which he won't. He's still gonna be scared to shoot jumpers, and he's still gonna, uh, you know, have be overpassing at times. He's just, he's still he still is who he is. It's gonna take a couple of years for him to, you know, change that that characteristic of himself. But unless he has that quick change, no one's people aren't, aren't gonna forget what he did. So I think it's going to affect how they start and. I'm not saying they're going to be like, you know, garbage, but they're not going to be perceived good anymore with that going on, especially with the Nets having the actual offseason to play together and all that. Yeah. The Milwaukee's going to be charged up as hell. 
the Sixers will have to make a move if they want to make want to get better. And Ben Simmons is the best player to move on their team to move the needle at this point. So I, I'm expecting a midseason midseason trade, if not definitely in the next offseason. I think Ben Simmons is gone. I think that that relationship has proven that it's not championship caliber at this point. Yeah, what's your what's your next buy or sell question for me? Oof. Uh, so I mentioned that Golden State has some very major assets. Uh, they have Steph Curry, you have Draymond Green, you have uh, James Wiseman, they have Clay Thompson, which I hope he can finally just come back and stay back. I pray yeah. he comes back and stay back because the him him and him Steph. And Draymond are just very fun basketball to watch. And they would make that Western Conference so much more interesting uh, automatically. I think that's at least a 50-win team if if the three of them stay healthy for an entire season. I think that's at least a 50-win team and probably like a top uh, – a, a, a team that's not completing, uh, competing for a playing spot. Um. So they have these pieces and they have this, you know, the young pieces and the picks. Do they make a big move with those assets that they have to acquire a star player to move closer to a championship? I'm going to sell only because the star players that everyone, the hot button star players, everyone's talking about, they're like, you know, like, when there's smoke, there's fire. Like, people aren't just, you're hearing Bradley Beal's name year after year. You're hearing Ben Simmons now. You're hearing Damian Lillard. Like, Damian Lillard is not moved. I think Damian Lillard, like I mentioned earlier, he's not getting traded. He literally came out and had a whole presser during, like, his Olympic practice and shit. He's, like, not trying to leave the Blazers at this point. And Lillard to this, to the Warriors, I mean, it makes sense because he's very talented, but roster structure-wise, I don't know if it's the best move. So I think that's out. Ben Simmons to the Warriors, I don't think that makes sense because the Sixers are trying to win, and the pieces the Warriors have to offer are rebuilding pieces. Like, if you're the Sixers, you wouldn't trade Ben Simmons for the 7th, 14th, and you wouldn't take Wiseman. So the 7th and 14th pick and probably Wiggins for money, and it's like – that's disgusting. That's not going to help you win. That's just wasting Joel Embiid's years, and he had an MVP caliber season. Had he not had he not gotten hurt, he probably would. He's very likely would be the MVP from this past season. So I don't think Ben. So I think Ben Simmons is out, and Bradley Beal. We mentioned. I just don't think the Wizards will be smart enough to take rebuilding pieces. And I think they'll just. I mean, they would have to take Wiggins too because of contract. Wiggins is going to be that guy for the rest of his, his career. I think just getting traded for good players or whatever reason, like it's just he has the money to the money to match. But yeah, I don't think the Wizards are do that. And after that, who else is available star wise? I mean, like uh, now that now that Devin Booker and the Suns are good, Devin Booker is no longer. No one's going to talk about him being traded. The Timberwolves probably are under the impression that if they have a full healthy team, they can actually do something. Who else would there be? Like Jalen Brown, people talk about him being tradable, but I don't think the Celtics would do that. 
I honestly don't see any other tradable players. This is like a, a side entry with someone available like, like Kawhi, but I don't see Kawhi probably isn't going anywhere. This makes sense. He pulled so many strings to get that Clippers team together. Or to get Paul George, I should say. Got his boy Serge Ibaka there. Like Kawhi definitely has a lot of pull on that team. Like Serge Ibaka following him from Toronto is not a coincidence. Paul George, as we all know, Kawhi made that happen. And then, you know, just knocking names off the list of stars who were there. I just don't think the Warriors. I just don't think the Warriors. I think the only gettable person with the pieces that makes sense is Bradley Beal, but I just don't think the Wizards have sense. I just, I'd say they make a trade, but it won't be for a star. I think they'll trade one of their draft picks and someone on their bench to get a solid veteran who will help them win. Like someone, Jay Crowder S. I think that's what they'll do. Who's a big impact? So like definitely a role player, but they're a big impact role player. I think that's how it's going to shake out. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I can agree. I can agree with that thought. Uh, yeah, I think unless a team is smart enough to take the rebuilding pieces they have, because the fourteenth and seventh overall pick is a really good that's a really good re, restart um i think toronto would be interesting like because if kyle if kyle lowry is in fact moving on toronto will be very motivated to like they should be motivated to just restart they do have the fourth pick they can get uh Jaylen, I, hear, I hear Jalen Suggs is a popular name from gonzaga from them mm-hmm. at the fourth pick because this draft has a, a consensus top four and Jalen Suggs being the fourth in most people's boards from what I've read. But if they t- take Suggs move on from Lowry, then suddenly trading like the Warriors, Siakam on the Warriors does make sense. If they, if they want to have Draymond play run more the, five. On the three? They just play five, maybe. Like so skill then, set. So, so then you so then you would move Wiseman to the bench? Wiseman was on the bench this year anyway. For freaking Kevon Looney. <laughs> I'm sorry, Siakam or Looney any day at the five. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. No question. Siakam's not a center, but the Warriors necessarily don't really care about positions, per se. And if you're benching Wiseman for Looney, I just question how much you even think Wiseman is. I don't, I don't know how good they think he is. He definitely is a ready to contribute to the Warriors' cause. So I think another year of seasoning on the bench might be beneficial for him at this point if the Warriors want to keep him and see where he develops. Because they definitely don't believe in him now. <laughs> like, and I mean, even the plus minus numbers and just the numbers just show that Wiseman was not helping them win. And they did catch fire later when there was no Wiseman. Like when he was hurt, they were catching fire and then he came back off the bench and they were still winning. So that's, I don't think that was a coincidence. I just don't think they're going to give up on Wiseman, give up on Wiseman to um, just yet because it's only going to be his second year. He's young. So like Toronto is the only is the one team I think may want to make a trade for like a star and the star being Siakam. Otherwise, I don't see anything else making sense or anyone being available. That's a lot of variables though. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess I was maybe let's probably make this last question since we don't want to keep dragging on the buyer's cell too long. For my last buy or sell. So will the Dallas will the Dallas Mavericks add another 
impact player to their roster. When I say impact player, I don't I don't think they'll add like an old star. They don't have the pieces for that. But like, you know, borderline old star or something like that. So Dallas Mavericks add a, a, a high level starter to their team in this offseason. They ne- they damn sure need to, but <laughs> uh the question is will they that Dallas Mavericks roster is one of the most depressing depressing rosters mm-hmm. ever like ever. <laughs> like if Luka Doncic was not there, reaching early LeBron levels of disappointment for you. <sighs> yes, absolutely. And I'll tell you why, because talent wise, they are a little better than what LeBron had in his day. When he was in Cleveland, the first go around, like they got more shooting and all that stuff. And like, you know, Tim Hardaway can drop 20. You got Jalen Brunson, who's okay. Uh, Christoph Porzingis, you get a cameo from him every two or three months. It's hard. Like, I'm going to sell on it right now just because. I don't think they're going to make anything. I don't think they're going to make anything happen right now. They haven't done anything yet. And I don't expect them to do anything until they finally truly realize that they, they really need to do something with this whole roster. I think they need to dump the whole roster because Luka Doncic is still so young that you can rebuild and it wouldn't be a waste of his time. I feel like because he's still, He's what, 21? 22, something like that. Maybe 23. I don't think so. He is so young. He's a baby, basically. But he's like, he's 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 sunning all these players in the league right now. So because I think it would it would take them to move on from they would have to move on, I think, ultimately from Christoph Sprzingis. I think that's the key to that. He's 22 years old, by the way. But, yeah, I think it would take them moving on from a guy like Christoph Porzingis and moving on from guys like Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleba and Josh Richardson and, J- and J.J. Redick and guys like that. Because it's just they have so many guys that are just like ninth and tenth guys in an in a average championship rotation. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say he was a, a ninth man on like the Suns or or the Bucks. Right, like, like Tim Hardaway is the only dude who would be beyond. I would say maybe a ninth man on a rotation out of yeah. all of the guys on that team. Him and Kristaps, yeah. but Kristaps again, uh, and I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This is Kristaps' last chance to prove that he can do something um, before it really starts to get to a point where he doesn't get, he doesn't get any money from, from teams. Like he's not getting max contracts and things of that nature. And he starts to just become another, you know, rotation guy, like um, a journeyman. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Because he, he could wind up like a Nurkic or a Cancer or somebody like that. Just go bouncing team to team, just being a big, uh, just a big body. So just just seeing what they do with him, 
and just, you know, them coming to a conclusion that they need to rebuild that entire roster. So, yeah, I'm, I'm selling on it. My only reservation to sell is the fact that they have a whole new front office. That's my only reservation. Mm. I feel like, the, like you were saying, Akiya Porzingis, because there's so much money tied up into him, but his stock is so low, you can't even trade him to anyone. Any team taking that contract would be crazy at this point, if they actually want to win. It's like, you just, Porzingis just looks like, I've said it before, but he just looks like Sean Bradley with a three-point shot at this point. Mm-hmm. And even then, he wasn't smacking threes crazy. You know, he just big. <laughs> He's diamond of defensive presence. He is tall. He's just like a, a tree. They started playing Boban at, at center to get something because Porzingis just wasn't giving anything. So I can – I. I'd probably have to, I have to sell as well. I think they'll definitely try. But I don't know if they'll get that person. I think they'll have a, rap, a better rounded out bench. Just because, you know, people are like, I don't want to play with Luca. Why not? But, like, I just think they're getting a high-level starter. Or like, uh, maybe like a, someone who's a uh, Tobias Harris-level starter. Like, no. Like, Tobias Harris, is, he's a great starter. He's an all-star. Maybe on his best day, they have, like, four or five guys injured, but no, he's not. I think if Tobias Harris was was in a role, like, I don't know, like, if he was in Denver, for example, playing in that, 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 um, that uh, what is it, Aaron Gordon role and um, where Jeremy Grant was, I think he could definitely be an all-star, like just being in that position. But yeah, on um, the Clippers, he could have been. Yeah, on the Clippers, he could have been definitely. But yeah, not yeah, not in many places do I see Tobias Harris being an all-star. And speaking of, that's the guy. If I'm a Sixers fan, I want him. I want the, them to trade him, as opposed to Ben yeah. Simmons. But you know, it's just you might be better off getting some some more quality. So getting two very quality players for Tobias versus the one in Tobias who sometimes disappoints Sixers fans. He's a none, right. He's a, he's a zero. But Dallas Dallas would need to get – I think they should get Luka another solid – someone who can actually take the ball out of his hands and help him run the offense a little bit just because he just gets – gets so much pressure on him. Need to do that. And for the love of God, please stop. Maxi Kleba is not that guy. He's not that guy at all. I don't know why they love him so much. Like, please stop. Yeah, White Powell's not that guy. No. I don't get it. No, they I don't know why they love them so hard. Yeah, they they love those. They love them too. They gotta let them. They gotta let them go. The only non-local player who I think is worth their salt is Tim Hardaway Jr. Absolutely. We're thinking this is his name brand at this point. Yeah, I think that's everything. So why don't you get us out of here? Anything else you want to add for that? Well, I would just like to say that it's been a fun ride through our first NBA season. Uh, we still have some WNBA season to cover, but, you know, it's been fun. 
I look forward to a great off season. We've already started today with uh, one of our first Woj bombs, uh, the Grizzlies and the Pelicans making move, making a little swap, making moves. Yeah. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas has hit it to New Orleans. Stephen Adams and, uh, Eric, and Eric Bledsoe are headed to Memphis, and they exchange some picks. So, uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what trades come about, free agency, who gets drafted, where, and yeah, I'm just I can't wait. That's it for today's episode of Game Time. This is John Mary, co-hosted by Zach. Thank you to everyone tuning in, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at GameTime underscore podcast, Twitter at GameTime underscore ZNJ, and Facebook with GameTime with ZNJ to stay up to date on further content. To listen to future episodes, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We can't wait to talk more basketball on GameTime.